Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom, every day. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. And I'm Chris Woods, back with another great guest today on the show. Uh, We have Judy Zimney. Uh, who's the Vice President at National Institute for STEM Education. Uh, Welcome to the show, Judy. Thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate you having me. Well, I'm I'm glad to have you on the show. And uh, we were chatting beforehand, and and Judy said, uh, more than title, titles come and go. Even though she's the Vice President at National Institute for STEM Education, she's just a lover of of STEM and STEM education. Uh, tell, Tell me a little bit about how... How did you how did you grow to, to love STEM and see STEM in the world around you? Well, you know, I've been doing this work in education for decades now, and you had commented to me, you had looked obviously at my LinkedIn or at my resume, and you said, wow, you know, way back in the 90s, you opened a, a new elementary school for Dallas ISD, and it had a science focus. And I said, well, you're absolutely right. I did do that. But, you know, back in the early 90s, I don't even think STEM was a term yet. Um, no. It was barely emerging. Uh, you know, we use terms like rigor and things like that that a lot of my colleagues, I'm sure, will be familiar with. Um, but what? So while I always really enjoyed the content and the excitement around science and math, now and technology was really starting to um, be cool in the 90s. It was really starting the whole internet thing and all of that coming up. But As I grew older, what really, really I like about STEM and continue to like about STEM is the fact that it is broad enough and really attempts to capture more than just um, content expertise. And and I don't say that in any way to diminish content expertise because content expertise is the foundation. You know, if people don't know what they need to know, um, then kind of the rest of it isn't going to be very effective. But when I see STEM really try to integrate in with these 21st century skills and these um, workforce needs, you know, a lot of these things like developing persistence and asking good questions and being able to evaluate others' research, you know, they're work-related, they're academically related, but they're also just really very personal skills. Um, How do you reframe failure so that you can persist and go through um, difficult work? You know, those are skills that are far beyond the academic world, and they really influence people's lives. Um, Teachers forever have tried to build those skills. But I see STEM as a means through which we may actually get better in having a systematic way as a profession of really addressing those critical work-related life skills in addition to academic skills. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely more than an initiative. It's it's a mindset of a of a lifelong learner. Um, that was that was a quote I found of yours in a in something you wrote. <laughs> it, it is no, it is def. I believe that it is definitely a mindset. You know what makes yeah. even if you were to look at two scientists or two engineers, what makes one engineer so much more effective than the other engineer? It's probably not going to be their level of skill in terms of engineering or their content knowledge. Yeah. Or what college they went to. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Or probably not even their GPA too much. It's going to probably <laughs> be more related to how they approach their work and how they approach other people, all of that kind of stuff. 
And, and as educators, you know, whether it's at elementary, middle school or high school level or even college level, um, what we build into them each and every day into those kids ends up as a result when they enter that workforce. You know, are we training them to, like you said, ask questions and be problem solvers? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, whether we are doing it intentionally or unintentionally, um, either which way, we are still essentially scripting students as they go through our K-12 system. And what are those habits of their mind? You know, what is their mindset? What are they taking out into the world? And, you know, just an example would be, and we all know of these situations, um, you know, the challenger, you know, the, the situations where people knew there were problems and yet the communication processes, whatever, were not in place for those people to really speak up the way that they needed to be heard. Um, you know, there's so many complex things in this world that could have been prevented if, mm-hmm. if, if people just had the skills or the whatever um, to be able to approach those situations differently. And it's not just the people who are aware of the problem, but it's also the amount of listening and things that the people who don't want to hear about the problem have, <laughs> which is a very convoluted way of saying that all of these work-related skills are too important to just be expected to develop randomly in the way that we need them to develop. Yeah. And as as teachers, you know, we may, like you said, we may naturally be very good at asking questions and getting our students to to think critically like that. But if if we're not bent that way or or originally that way, we need to we need to think about how can I get my students to be better problem solvers, uh, more creative thinkers. Um, you know, it's not enough to just have a bunch of instruction and information in your class. You need to to in, in, integrate that information across. Uh, all the different things that they're doing. So they don't see things, even even STEM. I mean, we can, we can, if we're not careful, we might just turn this thing that we've created into this little, this little box and we open the STEM box and it's time to do STEM and then we put it back in. If we're not careful, I think that's, that's what could happen. You know, I think that's already happening in a lot of places. And I think you bring up such a really good point. And it goes kind of goes back to the whole, what is the definition of STEM and what does it mean? And when you start looking at it as very much of a mindset or a way of approaching one's learning and one's work, um, yeah, then all of a sudden it encompasses a lot more than one class a day or one special activity after school. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so so teachers, um, especially, you know, I, I hear it in a lot of elementary school teachers or, or teachers that are um, not science or mathy uh, upper level teachers. Uh, they they say I'm not really a STEM teacher. I don't I can't I can't do STEM stuff. Or or even worse, they'll say math is hard and 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 I don't understand technology. And 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 those phrases can can work on their students if they're not careful. But but maybe what what can we do to help those teachers realize that um, that they actually can do STEM. You know, I think there is so much that we can do. And probably one of the first things is reinforcing for them and helping them be aware of the ways they are already doing STEM. 
um, you know, teachers who are doing a lot to help students identify their misconceptions, which, you know, good kindergarten, first and second grade teachers do so automatically and so intuitively. You know, if mm-hmm. teachers are already um, doing things like, you know, essentially backwards mapping with students, you know, which in, in a very simplistic way, you know, is somewhat of an engineering process. And if this is where we want to be, how are we going to get their class? What's What are our steps? There's a lot of things that teachers do automatically and intuitively that really fit um, what good STEM teachers do. They just don't even know that those things are part of what a good STEM teacher does. So for one thing, it's nice to know what you're doing right. And that you know will help build people's confidence and all of that kind of stuff. Um, you yeah. know, I think another second part is helping people understand. So what makes a STEM teacher different than a regular science teacher? Um, hmm. People want to do the right thing and the new thing and what's expected of them, but they need some clarity around what does that mean? Yeah. And, and, and you had, you had, you had mentioned to me ahead of time, um, there's, there's, there are qualities that, that differentiate STEM teachers and, and, and really teachers, uh, are probably more more STEM than they think. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. I would bet that if you probably ask, you know, what nine out of ten uh, elementary teachers maybe wouldn't know uh, what a good definition of engineering is. Um, oh, maybe yeah. maybe nine mm-hmm. out of maybe nine out of ten all teachers. Mm-hmm. But engineering mm-hmm. isn't that complex. It's just mm-hmm. designing things. It's refining yep. things. It's fixing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. right. Absolutely, yeah. So, so how can I mean? Do you do you have any um, ideas? Do you do you see things that that could be done um, as we move forward in STEM education? Um, things to help uh, teachers uh, with this. I I know you're you've done some through your work at the National Institute for STEM Education. And I'll, I'll make this the, the short commercial that you said, don't, don't, don't make a commercial for, for what I'm doing, but you guys have STEM certification programs. Mm-hmm. Um, you, guys, uh, you guys do it online um, and through feedback process, it, it sounds like you can get some uh, certification. Yes, that is correct, uh-huh. Um, so, but, but more so than, than any, you know, like you said, any title that we have, um, mm-hmm. just just becoming more familiar with STEM, just looking for opportunities. Um, so, you know, one of the things, and this is all stuff people can get just right off our website, so it doesn't bother me to talk about it. Um, but yeah. one of the things that we've done in our research um, uh, for years now, because we're a part of Accelerate Learning, which came out and worked on at Rice. Um, but one of the things that we have identified are 38 indicators um, or behaviors, you know, that really help strengthen a STEM teacher's performance and really help differentiate a STEM teacher's performance. So I think even something as simple as having that list, you know, you know, when, when teachers say, you know, I want to improve, but I don't know where to start, just a simple list will get their brain going. And nobody has to improve 38 things nor remember 38 things. That's like ridiculous <laughs> possible. Um, but, you know, more often than not, I think they're going to start looking at things like that and saying, all right, I'm kind of good at this. I'm kind of good at that. I want to learn a little bit more about this, a little bit more about that. But now it becomes less mushy. You know, sometimes I feel like STEM, it kind of reminds me, you know, of 20 years ago, whole language, rigor, you know, these concepts come in education. It's like holding on to jello. 
you're trying to get a handle on it. It's just wiggling through your fingers and you're like, I'm trying. Yeah. And if somebody can kind of start um, daring, like uh, to actually sort of quantify things, not in a sense of like concrete, but maybe at least a little bit of firmness that here's a little bit of a foundation. Now we're going to still have to nuance it and massage it. It's not going to be perfect, but let's get something we can get our hands on and start working with so that we at least have some common language and, yeah. and places to go together. And so, um, I, you know, I, I know there's multiple things, you know, multiple organizations that do this kind of work, but I think that is one of the key things is starting to demystify what is STEM. So teachers yeah. have something to hang on to. Yeah, I, I know I've, I've spoken at, at a number of different conferences and, and sometimes people, teachers will come up to me afterwards and they're like, I didn't realize it was just that easy. You know, just, just mm -hmm. snapping pictures of snapping pictures of things that I've seen uh, made and uh, things that are getting built or, or cool science things in my backyard and bringing them in and showing them to my students and yes. just helping helping foster that that imagination that inspiration uh, yes. that, that kids really need and then and then often what follows from that is that the kid gets interested about something well what do they do they start looking up more information about it and then they become um, almost teaching themselves or getting the teacher excited to teach something absolutely you know to be able to foster that sense of wonder in another human being what a gift mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and and teachers, we have this incredible opportunity to to be that person um, each and every day. So so you you like STEM? What what? If I just had to ask you, what do you like best about you know science, technology? I mean, you don't have to pick like the science, the technology, engineering, and math, but anything you really like about, or what do you really like about STEM? I like that it is solution driven and that it's authentic. You know, or that it really tries to be anyway. That's its whole goal. That's its whole purpose. You know, is that we're not learning stuff just to learn it. Yeah. Were you were you uh, like one of those kids that like to you know play outside and make things and fix things, or um, or did it did it come later uh, for you? Um, the, so I was the whole. Uh, you know, I I love to play outside and I love to climb trees and do all those kind of things when I was a kid. Um, but I think the whole emphasis on authentic problem solving is something that just grew in me as a teacher and administrator, um, you know, because I would watch kids, students struggle in school and, you know, grapple with content. And then you find yourself in a place where you're saying, well, this is all just kind of ludicrous. You know, why are we asking people to do this? And there's like so much real work out there that needs to be done that, Aside from the fact that it's a lot more interesting and meaningful, you know, all that aside, <laughs> like, let's get on with the real stuff, I think, is kind of how it evolved in me. Yeah, that's that's great. Now, if if you had to, um, I know we've kind of talked about this a little bit already, but I just want to come back around to this at the end here. Um, most important, going forward with STEM education, you know, in in uh, in, in in this world, what do, what do you think? What do you think we need to see? Well, this may not be a real popular response, but I'm going to put it out there because I believe it. Um, you know, um, you know I, I totally understand. I really do. And this will not be another a popular thing, but I, I understand the need for academic assessment. Um, even if we haven't perfected it yet, I personally get the idea that we have to have some assurance that for all of our efforts, students are able to do at least some some level, whatever it is, minimum, maximum, some level of academic skill across content areas. 
But what I think we haven't figured out, and I think what's actually a lot more important, is that because we haven't really figured out what things like persistence or collaboration, you know, we really haven't figured out uh, things like engagement. You know, people will say, well, engagement means they're not off task or they're not um, disrupted. Well, that's yeah. one limited definition. You know, I kind of like to think about engagement as, you know, what's the degree of personal interest and enthusiasm a student has about a topic? Let's work to grow that versus just not have this bad stuff happening, so to speak. Um, but we don't know how to measure those things. We don't put time into how to measure those things. Um, we don't put time into really defining what those things look like when they're working well. And so therefore, I think it makes it a lot harder for teachers to work toward them. It just happens in a random way depending on each teacher's situation and all those kind of things. Um, but they're just as important. They're just as important as the academic stuff. Yeah. 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 I think, I think you said it earlier too. You said that helping to create that sense of wonder in a kid, oh, what an incredible, yeah. what, an, yeah. what an incredible opportunity as teachers we have, we have mm -hmm. to do that. And, and when that, you know, like you said, that assessment that, um, seeing, did that kid really learn that basic information that's going to help them, with whatever that wonder has created in them, that desire. Um, in, 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 in the you, end, yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. I say in the end, it's that human dimension that's going to really drive who they become as an adult. Yeah. And we just don't put enough into it yet for a lot of reasons. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to it's hard to put an, an A or a B or a C uh, you know, on a report card that says this kid has a sense of wonder. Exactly. Yeah. And that might not even be the right way to handle it, but we need to at no. least be seriously grappling with those issues and trying to figure them out. Yeah. And, and we need to be, we need to be trying as teachers yeah. everywhere. We need to be looking for ways to help create uh, that, that inspiration, that, that imagination, that wonder uh, in kids. Uh, STEM is a great acronym. It's a, it's only the beginning. Um, it's bigger than an initiative. It's, it's that lifelong learner mindset. And mm -hmm. uh, and and I think you're right about about those ideas, Judy. Um, well, thank you. Judy, thank you for the affirmation. <laughs> well, no, it's been it's been great talking with you, Judy Zimney, um, from the National Institute for STEM Education. Um, great, great stuff. Great thoughts today, Judy. Well, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to visit with you, and look forward to doing it again in the future. Yes, and and we can definitely have you on and and talk again. Um, and and as always, thanks. To all of you for listening to the STEM Everyday Podcast. And again, go out there and, and help create that sense of wonder and imagination in those kids in your classroom and, and those kids in your home. And um, thanks again for listening and listen to all the great podcasts on Remarkable Chatter. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com.